Hi, and welcome to Full Circle Women's Health Podcast, a podcast aimed at empowering women to better understand and manage their health. I'm Dominique Baum, a women's health GP, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Preetam Ganu, gynecologist at Full Circle Obstetrics and Gynecology. Welcome to Full Circle Family. Full Circle Obstetrics and Gynecology is a specialized women's health practice in South Australia, providing holistic care to women and girls of all ages and backgrounds. Last week, we talked about normal periods. Today, we are going to start talking about one of the most common issues we come across in our work and one that affects so many Australian women, polycystic ovary syndrome. This is a big topic, so we are going to break it up into two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good idea. So today we're going to be talking about hormonal changes in polycystic ovarian syndrome and the symptoms and the criteria for diagnosis. And then next week, we're going to talk through the management of polycystic ovarian syndrome and answer some listener questions and frequently asked questions. Yeah, so that's a good idea. So let's start about starting with the polycystic ovary syndrome. So quite interestingly, quite often patient comes to me and say that I was diagnosed with the polycystic ovary syndrome long time back. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes they're a bit worried that with the name polycystic, that there are cysts on the ovary and that something needs to be done about the cyst on the ovary. And quite often I suggest to them that if we look at the polycystic ovary syndrome, it is commonly the condition with the genetic tendency on the top of hormonal imbalance. Mm -hmm. So in simple words, it is hormonal imbalance. It is a a lifestyle disease. So it's not like something which happens once and goes away suddenly sort of thing. So it's you. It is really important that we need to have a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And if we have the balance of hormones, we don't have any symptoms. But if we have imbalance of hormones, then we get a lot of symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, With the polycystic ovary syndrome, it's like a bit of a spectrum with a lot of symptoms and signs. But if we look at the cause of polycystic ovary syndrome, um, there are many different theories. So when we have many different theories, sometimes it's difficult to answer as a one question. But typically we think at the core of the polycystic ovary syndrome, there is an insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So insulin is a similar hormone which we find having deficient in diabetic patients. So insulin is a hormone which helps our body to bring sugar from our blood inside the cells sort of thing. But it also has some effect on the ovary to change the male hormone patterns in our body. So with the polycystic ovary syndrome, there is a bit imbalance between male and female hormones and some features because of the insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. So that's the typical um, understanding about the polycystic ovary syndrome. Nowadays, like with the polycystic ovary syndrome, history-wise, it has been known for many, many years. So from like almost like a 17th century, people were having some typical features that some women were getting difficulty having children or sometimes having hair growth. And they looked at some shiny ovaries with multiple cysts. And with the diagnosis with the ultrasound scan, we have got a bit more clear picture um, about the polycystic ovary syndrome. But um, with the more and more understanding, and in 2018, all the experts all over the world came together and they developed the International Polycystic Ovary Guidelines. And I think they're really good for women or patients to do it too, as well as doctors. Mm. Yeah, That's right. I think those criteria can be really helpful to understand, mm. uh, help a woman understand, you know, if their diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome is actually true, because sometimes there can be some misdiagnosis as well. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely run through what those diagnostic criteria are. Um, so how common is polycystic ovarian syndrome in Australia? 
So in Australia, it affects almost one in 10 women in reproductive age group. In certain ethnicities like Asian, Indian, indigenous, North African, polycystic ovary syndrome is seen almost in one in five women. Mm -hmm. So it is very common condition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely has a big impact on our patients and something that we both see a lot of. Um, So I'm going to just run through some of those criteria that we briefly mentioned. Um, So to make a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome, we assess as doctors if a wound meets two out of three criteria. And the first thing that we look at is whether a woman has a history of irregular or no periods. So irregular periods are cycles which are either shorter than 21 days or longer than 35 days, or in teenagers, longer than 45 days, or if there's a lot of variability each cycle. So each each period is more than a week different to the cycle before. The second criteria that we'll chat to a patient about is what we call clinical or biochemical hyperandrogenism. So I'll put that a bit more plainly. Mm-hmm. What that means is signs of increased male pattern hormones, which might come through with severe acne or hair growth on the face or the chest or hair loss in a sort of male pattern baldness or female pattern baldness distribution or on a blood test showing signs of raised androgens or raised male pattern hormones like testosterone. And the third criteria that we'll think about is, is there a polycystic appearance on ultrasound? So an ultrasound is not actually needed to make this diagnosis if a woman or girl is already meeting criteria one and two. So if someone comes in and they describe irregular periods and severe acne and lots of hair growth, we know that polycystic ovarian syndrome is definitely the most likely cause of that and we don't need to be putting them through having an ultrasound. And it's actually something that's best avoided in young patients and teenagers because that polycystic appearance can be a normal part of starting periods and it can often lead to girls being labelled with PCOS. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you highlighted uh, with this criteria about two out of three things. Mm. So particularly women, if they are younger than 18, quite often, normally they will have multiple cysts on the ovaries because um, their cycles, what we call as a, are non-ovulatory. So they're not ovulating every month. So they're f- forming small fluid-filled sacs there. Mm. So that's very normal. And another important thing to highlight with these symptoms that for the diagnosis of polycystic ovary syndrome as such, uh, we don't need like a one blood test so that, or one ultrasound to say that you have got polycystic ovary syndrome. It is like a group of symptoms and Mm -hmm. group of characteristics. We just do blood tests to make sure that not any other condition causing these problems. So there are, we try to exclude all other hormonal changes or causes for these symptoms. But even with their typical history or symptoms, quite often we can say that they have a polycystic ovary syndrome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think both of us have seen so many young and older women come in with both what we'd call typical PCOS and maybe the not so typical. Pritam, can you think of any patients you've seen recently who might be that typical or stereotypical presentation? Uh, It's like difficult to say stereotypical, but as I said to you before, that it's sometimes it's a spectrum sort of thing. So sometimes you see, and you may have seen in your practice as well, you may see very young teenager girls, maybe they are 16, 17 at the moment and suffering a lot with the 
like has to taste more hair growth mm. on their face on their chest upper lips um sort of the, on their back sort of thing or having lot of acne sort of thing um in young age sometimes we consider that they have a tendency towards polycystic ovary syndrome so um to diagnose polycystic ovary syndrome we may need to wait a couple of years sort of thing but sometimes that's very difficult presentation in young patient also sometimes they have a family history because as i mentioned to you before this there is some genetic tendency so quite often they have a family history of a diabetes or family history of mom having difficulty having children or mm. things like that then if we look at bit older patient sometimes the patient come with that symptoms of very irregular periods so they have no periods for 2 3 months or sometimes they have periods every fortnight sort of thing so very irregular periods um and sometimes they also have a difficulty losing weight or sometimes they are having a male pattern baldness like hair loss and mm. things so those are the symptoms and if we look at little bit further some patients sometimes have a difficulty to get pregnant so they are suffering with the infertility so in some patients their periods are regular so that symptom they don't have but they have a difficulty getting pregnant or have a gestational diabetes during pregnancy or later in life they have a what we call as a metabolic syndrome with the diabetes and hypertension so mm. i sort of mixed up all the patients together <laughs> <laughs> well, we might break down each symptom in a little bit more detail and um, so as you've said a few times it's really important to realize that polycystic ovarian syndrome does exist on a spectrum and some women will have more symptoms or signs than others and this too can change over a woman's lifetime so okay. you know sometimes a woman will have really mild symptoms and then she might for whatever reason put a bit of weight on and that might cause some of those symptoms to be a bit more obvious so starting with irregular periods as a symptom obviously irregular periods can be really inconvenient for a woman and mm. um, but they can also have some medical risks so if women aren't getting their periods for longer than 3 month stretches over a while this can cause some of those cells of the uterus to become a bit abnormal mm. so we're going to talk next week about how to manage that and you know some of the different options there but it is really important to know that um you know irregular periods sometimes can be more than just a hassle it can can yeah. predispose to medical problems down But the track. I think you mentioned really good point because once I had a patient who used to get no periods for 4 months and then she will have a very heavy periods and she would say but why do I need to have periods every month like why do I cause more trouble if I don't have periods for 4 months what's the problem? And like if we give medicine to have no periods that's a different story mm-hmm. and sometimes we do it but uh, of course it has got a long term health problem. and particularly the lining of the uterus if it gets too thick we have worried about some serious health mm. related risk so definitely it's very important to check that and that's right that. yeah. yeah if someone's on contraception they're not getting periods no worries but if they're not getting periods for a long time without any contraceptive reason and um, then that's something that we do want to manage and um, and then the second sort of symptom i guess that can cause problems is that raised male pattern hormones and and that causing acne and the hair growth and um, and so that obviously can be hugely impactful to women and can also have real flow on effects to self esteem and how yeah. women's mental health is going and yes. and we do know that in polycystic ovarian syndrome there are some higher rates of anxiety um, and depression and that is probably partly due to the hormonal imbalances um, but it's also likely due to having to manage these symptoms and the burden of that 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 can Absolutely. have on a woman over their lifetime. 
Absolutely. And as I said, the, this condition has been known for many years and mm. women has suffered through this many years. But particularly in current world of the social media, a lot of women put a lot of weight on how they appear. And it can be very stressful for them to find having acne or um, like painful acne and then to have a hair growth mm. or difficulty losing weight. That can be quite stressful symptom. Yeah. And I think you know, what you just said there about difficulty losing weight is a big topic as well. And, and sometimes it's the patient's number one priority. And so we've mentioned a couple of times that what we think might be the cause of polycystic ovarian syndrome is this resistance to your body's own insulin and that higher level. So to try to compensate for trouble, you know, using your blood sugar effectively, your body often pumps out some extra levels of insulin and that can predispose women to put more weight on and can make it harder for women to lose weight. Um, and it can also predispose women to develop diabetes and, and heart disease down the track. So that's a really important symptom and also goal of managing polycystic ovarian syndrome is talking to patients about how we can help them support support them you know, to maintain a healthy weight and, and yeah. different strategies for that. Definitely, yeah. And as you said, it's really important for the long-term health risk as well. And sometimes it appears, appears like a going in circles, like as mm. you said, that they have a difficulty to lose weight, but having more weight causes no ovulation and cause hormonal imbalance. So to break that cycle, I think need a really good support. And quite often um, for women, I think they hesitate to ask for help. And mm. I think there's a plenty of help available. Um, like Gene Health Foundation has got really good information. Similarly, uh, GP clinics are equipped with all the um, dietitian and exercise physiologist. So it can be done, um, but yeah, need to take the step for it. That's right. And um, just to briefly go into a very big topic, which we are definitely going to do further episodes on, but Freetam, can you briefly explain to me and to our listeners, why do women with polycystic ovarian syndrome sometimes have trouble with future fertility. What is it about having short cycles or long cycles that is actually a problem? And so, as you said, it's a big topic, but I tried, I will try to simplify. Um, in simple words, to get pregnant, we need one healthy egg, one healthy sperm and one healthy uterus. And particularly in today's world of IVF, we can make this in any combination. Um, but just going back to polycystic ovary syndrome, the typical problem with the polycystic ovary syndrome is um, we are not making egg every month. Mm. Or in other words, to say that because of the hormonal imbalance, normally the hormones which gives the message to ovaries to get ready and release that egg, which we call as an ovulation, that ovulation is not happening. And that's why that egg is not released and it, that is not coming to uterus for the pregnancy. Mm. So unovulation is one of the most common problems with the polycystic ovary syndrome. In some other patients, sometimes the lining of uterus can be a problem as well. Uh, but typical, most common problem with the polycystic ovary is anovulation. Mm -hmm. uh, other hormonal imbalances sometimes cause other problems. Uh, but we first focus whether, whether they are ovulating and their cycles are regular, which sometimes help with the pregnancy. Mm. Yeah. yeah, And uh, please, listeners, don't take um, this message away that you can't get pregnant. That's not what we're saying at all. It's just important to know that, you know, there can be um, some hurdles sometimes with irregular periods uh, in falling pregnant naturally. And so generally would say 
uh, to talk to your GP or doctor if you know you know you've got a history of polycystic ovarian syndrome. If you've been trying for six months, that's a good time to go in to chat to your doctor. And there's lots that can be done to help you ovulate more regularly or help achieve pregnancy, which we'll chat about a bit in future episodes. Yeah, definitely. So this is one of the most common um, condition and it can be treated. And as I said, quite often the uh, lifestyle changes and some simple changes can make a huge difference. And it is more sort of a looking after yourself and taking good care of yourself. Um, and all the symptoms and problems we described, they can be treated. So that is the most important message out of all this. Um, so I think in our next episode, we'll discuss a bit more about the investigations and treatment of polycystic ovary syndrome. Mm. Yeah. So make sure that you do tune in next week because we're going to be deep diving into how to manage some of those problematic symptoms. Um, and don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. If you do have any questions relating to polycystic ovarian syndrome or any other women's health issue, message us on our Instagram, which you can find us at Full Circle Podcast, or email us at reception at fullcircleog.com.au. Mm-hmm.